trust God's Word. Um, that's one of the reasons we want to give each one of our graduates a Bible. Uh, because if you, if you follow that, uh, you, you'll be where the Lord wants you. And so just trust His Word. Trust His Word. If you take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 will be in 1 Peter chapter 2 today. I always have to have an object for these things, and you don't understand the pressure involved in that. <laughs> uh, but I have one for Nikki here. Nikki, come on up here for a second, please. Um, I saw this, and it just made me think of her, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. But today we're going to preach on this subject of swimming against the current. And we have a ring that I, uh, that I found. Uh, it's got all these silverfish uh, swimming in one direction. Here, Brother Cody got a picture of that for us there. And it's got the one goldfish uh, swimming in the opposite direction. And so we're going to talk tonight about this subject of swimming against the current. Swimming against the current. If you take your Bible and turn with me to, uh, to 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I saw this ring and I thought about Nikki. And uh, I thought about this verse. This verse sort of came to my mind. Look, let's read down through this to verse number 9. It says, Wherefore, laying aside, are you with me, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. How many of you have tasted that the Lord is gracious? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Speaking here about how we've all been brought in to be part of the house of God. You are all pieces of that house. Wherefore also, it is contained in the Scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. How many of you would just agree with that statement right there? If you believed on Jesus, isn't he precious and wonderful? But unto them which be disobedient, those that do not believe, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as the made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also were appointed. Talking here about those that don't believe, that, the, the word, that Jesus is an offense to them. Um, and that's what builds up onto this next verse, all right? So look at this next verse. It says, but ye. All right, so this is, this is talking to you if you're a believer, right? Nikki, I'm, we're going to include you in this. You just gave us your testimony, all right? But ye are a chosen generation, your royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now notice this next phrase, a peculiar people, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Let's, let's read verse 10 also. Which in times past were not a people. How many of you are glad you've been added to the people of God? But are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. How many of you are glad you've obtained mercy? Amen. So tonight we're going to preach on this subject of swimming against the current. Swimming against the current. We're a peculiar people. We're a peculiar people. Let's pray and then we'll get right into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this night. Lord, we've been blessed already. God, seeing this and and hearing the playing of the music and, and the wonderful special, uh, Lord, the presentation of the Bible, and Lord, just seeing all these people that have contributed to Miss Nikki getting this place that she's at in her life. And uh, Lord, we've been blessed already. Now, God, we come to your word. Uh, Lord, we prayed over this. Lord, we studied. God, I want this to be a help and a blessing to Nikki and, uh, Lord, to all that hear it. God, I, I pray that you'd help us with this. God, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, Lord, to not 
go with a crowd and be accepted. And uh, Lord, it, that, it, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes, Lord, we, we can face pressure or persecution because of it. But Lord, give us the strength. Give us your grace. Uh, Lord, help us to, to be willing to stand out, uh, even if that means going against the current. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, for your sake, amen. So I, was, I saw this, um, this, this ring that we gave to Miss Nikki, and it made me think about her. Um, it, it has the idea of standing out in the crowd, you know. And if you haven't noticed, Miss Nikki, she kind of stands out. She, in a good way. She has red hair. Um, I, was, I did a little studying on this, all right. And I don't know why I do studying on things like this, but I did a little studying on this. <laughs> and so redheads, they're the most rare. They, they stand out in a the crowd. They're the most rare. They, it's said that, that less than 2% of the global population has red hair. You're special. We've got two of those in this room. And by the way, another one is graduating from college this year. Brother Cody is graduating from college. Got accounting, right? Is that what we're doing? Graduating in May from college, so we make sure and congratulate him too. But we got two redheads in here, isn't that wonderful? But less than 2% of the population. They say, I've not really studied this out too much, but they say that it takes two recessive genes in order for somebody to come out with red hair. Uh, it, it, they call them, it's a mutant on, on, uh, on the one um, uh, genes that, where your, your, your hair color is, all right? So you're a mutant in a way. Isn't that wonderful to know? Come to church and get a blessing like that. Right, Cody? Okay. Got to keep him involved in this too. But it takes two recessive genes. So both parents have to have that gene in order for you to have um, red hair. Um, So there's nothing you can really do about it. It's your parents' fault, right? Not that it's a bad thing. Uh, but then I read another article where they were talking about how it's going extinct. That within a hundred years, they were saying that it's, it's possible that all the redheads will be gone. Now, I, will, I shouldn't say this, and I shouldn't go here. We have two redheads in here, and if y'all get together and have plenty of babies, maybe we can help that. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just completely joking, all right? And another thing, redheads tend to turn red real easily, don't they? <laughs> I got this one back here too, all right. <laughs> Becca told me, don't say that. And I was like, I've got to. <laughs> but they're going extinct, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's true or not. All right. I found it on the internet, so it's got to be. Um, but another thing they say, and you'll like this one, okay? This is a good one. They say that redheads never go gray. Isn't that wonderful to know? You don't have to worry about having to color your hair one day, all right? Never go gray. They just go white, and then it's just, you know, all white. But anyway, never go gray. But there's no doubt that redheads stand out in a crowd, and that's good. Uh, and, um, but today we're going to talk about this idea of us standing out in the crowd, of us swimming against the current. Uh, in this passage, in First uh, Peter chapter 2, leave your Bibles open there, we'll come back to it here, here and there. But it talks in the next verse, in verse 11, where we stopped in verse 10, it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. 
The Bible says that we're a peculiar people. We, we, stand, we should stand out in the crowd. Uh, the Bible tells us that, that we are to be strangers. We're to be pilgrims. Uh, back in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about Abraham and Sarah. It says that they were strangers and pilgrims in the land in which they were. They never, they never quite fit in in that crowd, in that land where they went to, in that promised land. They were strangers and pilgrims. And it said that of, God said of them that he was proud uh, to be called their God. Isn't that wonderful to know that God can be proud to be called your God? And so they were strangers and pilgrims. And in 1 Peter, where we were there, in 1 Peter chapter 1, you can look back at verse 17, he, he's using this same idea of, being, of, of standing out in a crowd, not fitting into the world. This church was actually suffering persecution and being persecuted. And they, they were like, what's going on? And, and, and he's saying, well, you're never meant to be accepted by the world. He says in verse number 17, it says that we, we are to pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Uh, you're, you're not to be going along the same route that the world is going. You're to stand out. You're to be different. You should be used to that, right? You're to be different because that's what God has called us to be. We're to be strangers. We're to be a peculiar people. We're to be pilgrims passing through. We're to stand out. We're to swim against the current, uh, you might say. Um, and let me just say this. This current uh, that we're living in, this world, this, this society is going downhill. Would you agree with me there? It's becoming more and more anti-God. It's becoming more and more anti-Christian, especially in the world that we're in America. It's, it shocks me, shocks me over the past five years, ten years of the direction that our world and our country is going. It shouldn't surprise us though, really. Uh, turn with me, hold your place there. Turn with me back to, um, to 2 Timothy. Look at chapter 3, it says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, This know also, then the last days, what's going to come? Perilous times are going to come. If you go on down in verse number 4, it says that they're traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Does that not speak of the world in which we live today, doesn't it? It says in verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Don't go that way. Go the way that God wants you to go. Look at verse number 12. It says, Yea, and all that will of godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Let me tell you something. It's, it, it is going to get worse. It's going to get uh, uh, more and more difficult. It's going to, we're going to face more and more persecution. And let me just say, don't, don't turn and go downstream with them. Swim against the current. That's what we're, that's what we're pleading for tonight. Well, how are we going to do this? I've got three quick things for you, all right? Three things, three simple ways that, that we need to swim against the current. All right, the first one, we're going to look at some Old Testament illustrations for this and give some New Testament verses, all right? So the first one, if you're going to swim against the current, sometimes you have to flee. Sometimes you have to flee. Uh, in Genesis chapter 39, uh, you can turn back there if you would like, but Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was taken away. He was in, he was in Potiphar's house. He was he sold into slavery, and and he and he, and and, and uh, the, the, the mistress of the house was trying to uh, entice him and trying to get him to go with her and to lie with her, the Bible says. And what does he do in verse number 12? It says, And she called him by this garment and having lie, lie with me, and said, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand. And what does he do? And he fled and he got him out. Sometimes, listen, Miss Nikki, sometimes you're going to have to run away. Sometimes you're just going to have to flee. The, the, the crowd, the current is going to go this way. The crowd is going to try and get you to go with them. The crowd is going to try and get you to go to sin. And the crowd is going to try and get you to go to your pleasure. The, is going to, the crowd is going to try and get you to go this way. And you've got to run. You've got to run that way. You've got to go against the current. 
You know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it often talks about this idea of fleeing. Uh, in, in 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says, to flee also youthful lust. It says to flee away from it. Uh, there's these things that, that people like to that, that talk about sowing your wild oats. You heard that? You know, you need to sow your wild oats. Let me tell you something. The Bible says to flee youthful lust. Hey, don't allow those, those temptations, those pleasures, those things inside of you uh, to draw you away from God, to draw you to going with the wrong crowd. Because the Bible says we are to flee youthful lust. In that same passage we're in, it's 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at it again. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims to do what? To abstain from lustly flesh which war against your soul. This world is trying to drag you down with them. They're trying to get you to go in the wrong direction. They're trying to get you to go to drugs and alcohol. And we've all seen it. I'm sure all of you have things, uh, people in your family. Well, we've seen it. And let me tell you what you need to do. You need to swim against that current. You need to run the other way. You need to flee from it. Flee youthful love. The Bible says this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. We, we won't have time to look at all these. There's a lot of them, but it says this. It says, flee fornication. One of the things that I've seen a lot of teenagers and young ladies and young men get turned in the wrong direction is this idea of fornication. Hey, they get with the wrong person and they, they drag them down. Uh, they, 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 they do things before marriage that they should never do. And let me tell you, this world is telling you right now that that's okay. This world's saying it's fine to do that. This world says, hey, you can live together before you get married. This world says uh, that, that you can uh, have same-sex uh, relationships and all of these things. But the Bible says this. The Bible says anything outside of marriage is fornication. And the Bible says to flee fornication. Miss Nikki, somebody's going to come along and try and drag you down that path. And what you need to do is you need to swim against the current. You need to run away. Flee from it. Flee from it. The Bible says this. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, it says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. To flee from idolatry. Uh, people set up things in their lives, some idols, some things that they worship, some things that they put before God. And the Bible tells us to flee idolatry. A lot of times it's self. That's what people put up in front of and, and people will tell you that. Follow your heart. Do what, you know, do what feels good to you. But what does the Bible say? It says to flee from idolatry. Hey, we need to run away from it. Don't let it get you. Um, one more, and I'll give you this one. We'll do it quickly. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. It talks about the, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, and it talks about how it can become a snare to you. And greed and materialism can become a snare to you. In America, that is so, so true, isn't it? And in the next verse, it says, From that old man of God, or woman of God, flee. You need to flee from it. Hey, don't allow greed to get you. Don't allow greed to pull you down. Uh, this world says get all you can, but that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is to glorify God. That's the goal of life. And if, you, if, if, if a job comes between that or materialism comes in that, you need to flee the other way, run the other way. So the first thing that you have to do, sometimes if you're going to swim against the current, you got to run away. The world says this is fun. The world says go this way, but you need to go that way. Run away. Swim against the current. All right, so the second thing. I think I held up three fingers. The second thing, sometimes you have to uh, flee, but sometimes you have to stand firm. Sometimes you have to stand firm. If you will, look with me at an Old Testament example of this. is Shama. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I like to say it that way. It's a lot of fun. Uh, look at verse chapter, uh, 2 Samuel 23, verse 11. Talk about David's mighty men. And it says, and after him was Shama, the son of Agi, the Herite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. 
So what is our picture here? We, we've got this ground here full of beans. That's what lentils are, right? Full of beans. And the Philistines have been coming year after year, and they've been taking all of their stuff, and, and, and they've been taking the ground from them, and, and it feels like they can't ever get ahead. And, and everybody sees the Philistines coming, and they're running this way. But what, what does Shammah do? Does he run away with them? It says, look at what he says. He says, the people fled from the Philistines. But look at verse number 12. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Can't you see the picture? All of the, all of the, the children of Israel see the Philistines coming, and, 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 and they start running, and, and Shama says, look, I've had enough of this. I'm done with it. I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to defend this ground. They're not taking my field of beans anymore. I'm done with it. I'm defending it. And sometimes we're going to have to stand. The world's going to run away. Other Christians, that's, that, even other Christians are going to run away. They're going to be afraid. They're going to be scared. We live in such a cancel culture today where we're almost scared to take a stand for the Lord and defend something, right? And, and what, 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 what did Shama do? He stood for the Lord. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about taking the whole armor of God. We are talking about that this morning in children's church. And it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse um, 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand and in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're just there, and we're talking in 2 Timothy about these perilous times are going to come. We're talking about how uh, all, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It, it, it talks about how evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. So what should we do? We should turn and run, right? Isn't that what we should do? That's what a lot of Christians have done and are doing, right? But what does it say in verse number 14 that we should do? Do you see it in your Bible? It says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Nikki, there are some things that you need to stand for. Hey, there, there are some things that you don't need to give up on. There are some things that you need to say, hey, look, God, I, 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 the world might run away from these things, but I'm standing here and I'm going to defend this ground. Hey, your salvation, you ought to stand for that. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse number 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which you also received, you got saved. And it says, and wherein ye stand, stand firm in your salvation. Be sure of it. Hey, there is no other way besides the way that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us, and that is through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Stand firm in salvation. Hey, stand firm in the Scriptures, that, that Bible that we gave you. Stand firm in it. Look again at that, that 2 Timothy chapter 3 where we were. It says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God, we'll add that in there, may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, it says that you have a more sure word. What you hold in your hand is a more sure word. Listen, Nikki, you hold on to this Bible. The world is going to tell you that this is just a bunch of fairy tales. They're going to tell you this you know, antiquated, that it's old, and, and, and you don't need to pay attention to that stuff in that old book. It, it, that's outdated. You know, it's written by people that didn't know any better. Let me tell you something. It wasn't written by men. This was written by God. And God's 
truth is always relevant. God's truth is always right. God's truth will never change. And you need to stand firm in that, on that. Stay with God's Word. Let me give you one more that you need to stand firm in. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. While we're there, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Stand firm in salvation. Stand firm in the Scriptures. Stand firm in the local church. It says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. And what is it? It's the pillar and it's the ground of truth. Hey, you need to stand firm in the local church. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. You can look at that at some other time. It says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Hey, listen, you, you stay with your church. You stay with a good, old-fashioned, uh, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist church. You stay with that. Now, the world has gone away from that. Uh, the world is trying to give us your, your hill songs, and it's trying to give us these other things. And, and let me tell you, I, I know there's bad things that happen in, in good churches, but there's a lot of bad things happening in bad churches. And you need to stay with God's church. You need to serve in God's church. I'm so proud of the way you serve, and you need to continue to do that. Hey, you need to stay with it. Hey, we need to, we need to raise the next generation of piano players and, and, and song, uh, uh, choir members and, and nursery keepers and, 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 and godly women, the raising up godly young, uh, children in the house of God. That's what we need. There's a lot of things that by, the, the world says should come before church and, and, and other things you can do on a Sunday or do this or that. Let me tell you something. You stay with the local church. There's safety in that. There's safety in the council of your local church. You stay with your pastor. You encourage him. You, you, you work and you do your best in your local church. Stand firm in that. Don't run away. Don't let the devil take ground from you. Amen. Let me tell you something about this standing fast. In, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8, Pastor Sexton preached this at my graduation, I think it was. It's been a while. Uh, he said this. Uh, the Bible says this. He says, For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. When you stand firm, we live on. We're not going to be around forever. I'm feeling old, just looking at you making me feel old, all right? I'm not going to be around forever. But you know how we can live on? When you stand fast. Hey, you hold on to the Bible. You hold on to salvation only by Jesus through faith. That's the only way. Not of works, right? You, you hold on to that. Hey, you hold on to your local church. You help build it. You, you, you don't flee to some other place. You, you help build your local church. Um, that's the way that if you stand fast, we live on. You can leave on a legacy for your parents. I know that's what they want. For your grandmother. Uh, stand fast in the Lord. So, first thing, sometimes you have to flee. If you're going to swim against the current, sometimes you have to flee. Sometimes you have to stand firm. You have to, to hold your ground. And then lastly, sometimes you have to move forward. Sometimes you move forward. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, let's look back at 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let me give you one more Bible illustration and um, for this last point, and then we'll be, we'll be done. So we all know this story very well, I'm sure. Uh, David, he's just a young boy at this time, maybe a teenager, maybe even close to your age, Nikki. He's, he's, a, he's a young man. You know, I think that David had red hair too. Don't you think that is ruddy, right? So he had red hair. This fits right in. I didn't even think of that. Wonderful. He's part of the 2%. Um, all right. But David, he went to visit his brothers, right? 
Remember the story. He went to visit his brothers. They were, have, they, were, they, were in awe, they were in a war against the Philistines. And there was this guy down there, this very tall guy down there, and he was mocking the Israelites named Goliath. And what was all of the Israelites doing? They were, they were hiding. They were cowering in their tents. Nobody was wanting to take on Goliath. But David said, hey, is there not a cause? Hey, is there not a reason we need to be fighting? Hey, we, we serve the living God. What are we doing here? We're hiding in our tents. And so what does David do? Look, if you will, at 1 Samuel chapter four, or chapter 17. Uh, he, he goes out there. He has sort of a confrontation with him. Uh, Goliath looks at little bitty David and he says, am I a dog that you're sending this? You know, what are you sending to me here? He's like, come on, guys. But is, David doesn't get intimidated. What does David do? Look at verse 46. He said, this day, um, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, into the wild beasts of the, uh, of, of the earth. Now notice this, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Why is he doing it? For the glory of God. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into my hand, so into our hands. So he says, look, it's not about the sword and the spear. He didn't come out there with one. Remember, he tried on Saul's, didn't fit. And so he goes out there with just a sling and a rock. But what does he do? And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. What did David do? That David hasted, and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Can't you see the picture? All of the Israelites are in their tents hiding. They're running away from Goliath. They're scared of Goliath. They don't have anything to do with Goliath. But what does David do? David sees him and he takes off running forward. He says, look, I'm going after what the Lord has for us. And sometimes we are going to have to run ahead. Sometimes we are going to have to move forward. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hey, we need to take some new ground for the Lord. We've lived in a year, I think, of, of settled in and, and being afraid and all of these things that have gone on in the last year. But let me tell you, we need to take some new ground for the Lord. We need to go forward. We need to be like David and, and not just running away. We need to run towards our Goliath. We need to fight this fight. Hey, we need to take some new ground for the Lord. If you're going to go against the crowd, the crowd's going to stay in their tent. The, the crowd is scared. The crowd is not going forward wanting to take any new ground. The crowd says, hey, wait a second now. Are you sure about that? But David says, hey, I'm sure. This is what the Lord has for me. I'm running forward. I'm running to this Goliath. Let me give you some things that we need to run forward in. Soul winning. Hey, souls are dying and going to hell. We need to go forward in soul winning. Uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 20, Paul said this. He said, I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. He says, I want to find some new ground. I want to go out there and find some people that never heard the gospel, and I want to get the gospel to them because I'm striving. I'm running forward. We need to run forward in soul winning. Hey, when you're on those bus routes, when you're out there visiting, give out the gospel. Hey, we need to see some souls saved, don't we? I'm so excited to see our bus route running again this morning. I think we had 23 on Brother Chris's and 7 or 8 or 9 or something like that on, on the, the city route. And, and, man, I was so excited. I think we, somebody said we had 30-something in the, the children's church. Isn't that wonderful? And I hope and pray we're going to see some souls saved. we got VBS coming up. I'm praying we're going to see some souls saved, aren't you? Because we need to take some new ground. We don't need to be scared in our tents. We need to go forward for the Lord. And sometimes that's what the, 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 the crowd's going that way, but we want to go and see some souls saved. 
Hey, we need to go forward in our Christian growth. Nikki, it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, we are to add to our faith. Hey, don't ever stop growing. Keep going forward in your Christian growth. Read your Bible. Study. Listen to God's Word. Hey, be going forward in your Christian growth. Uh, to stand still is to go backwards uh, in your Christian growth. Don't be backsliding. Go forward for the Lord in your Christian growth. Keep going each and every day. Hey, we need to go forward in the will of God for your life. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God's got a mark for you. He's got something that you're to reach for. He's got something that you're aiming at. He's got a finish line for you. Like Brother Vinny was saying, don't let something get you off course. Go forward for God. Don't ever stop going forward for God. Go, go and find what He has for you. Find that mate if He has a mate for you. Find that, that, that job or that career, but find that position in the local church. Keep going forward. Do God's will for your life. Go forward for God. So in conclusion, turn back to um, our, our, our text there in Second um, in 1 Peter. I'm sorry, in 1 Peter. It says in verse 9 that we're a peculiar generation, or a peculiar people. Look at chapter 4. This crowd that um, the Apostle Peter here is writing to was facing persecution. It was starting uh, to be, from the Roman government at that time, to be persecuted. And if they stood out, they, 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 would, they would suffer for it. We, and we don't even, you know, we don't really understand that in America, but I think we're going to. I think it's getting there. I have an article right here about a lady that was in the Finnish um, parliament. I, I was going to talk about it, but we're not going to get to it. But she's facing six years in prison for tweeting and for giving a, a television in, uh, interview and for passing out a pamphlet on what the Bible says about marriage and how it should be. It's being called hate speech, and she's getting up to six years. I just saw that today, that article today. And so I think that persecution um, could be coming. Look at verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. What does, he, what does he say to these people? He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire of trials which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Hey, don't think it's strange to stand out in the crowd. You shouldn't, right? Don't think it's strange to stand out in the crowd and go against the current. But rejoice. Rejoice. That, that you can do this for Jesus. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, when He comes back, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You get to take part in the glory of God when He comes back. If you be reproached for the name of Christ. Happy are ye. Swimming against the currents to be something that you rejoice in, that makes you happy. For the Spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. On their behalf, He is evil spoken of. But on your part, He is glorified. You know one of the ways that you can glorify God? Swimming against the current. Standing out. Being a peculiar people. 
Now, it says that we shouldn't suffer in verse number 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Don't stand out for being bad. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Stand out. But let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, notice a, a bit of comfort he gives us in the last verse of this chapter. Wherefore, let him that let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You will suffer persecution. If you swim against the current, you're going to be, you're going to be made fun of. You'll be mocked. Um, but that what is our purpose? Our purpose is to stand out. Our purpose is to be a light. I think of how Jesus said it. I think he says it best, don't you? <laughs> when Jesus says it, it's right. He says in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Stand out. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're proud of your red hair. That's wonderful, right? We don't want to hide it. You shouldn't want to hide it. It's beautiful. But I think sometimes as Christians, we want to hide it, don't we? And it says we shouldn't do that. You shouldn't hide it. You shouldn't hide your light. Why? Look at the next verse in verse 16, Matthew chapter 5. It says, let your light so shine before me that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Nikki, we live in a dark world. Be a bright light. Swim against the current. Sometimes that means you're going to have to run away from some things. You're going to have to flee. Hey, the world's going to try and drag you down that cesspool that they live in, right? Sometimes you're going to have to take a stand and be firm and, and, and stand for things that aren't popular, uh, goes against the culture, but you're going to have to stand for those things because the devil's trying to take ground from us. And sometimes you're going to have to run ahead. You're going to have to move forward and take new ground for Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you've seen these hands. God, I pray that you just bless now in this invitation time. Help us, Lord. But we don't, we don't pretend it'll be easy. We know that we'll say, uh, face suffering, persecution, or be mocked even. But God, you suffered so much for us. And Lord, if we can bring glory to you, we're willing to suffer. Help us, Lord, with this. Lord, I pray for Nikki. I pray that you'd use her life, God. We, we, we are so proud of her. We're grateful for how you've already used her. But God, help her. Help her to swim against the current, Lord. To be, be one a peculiar people, a stranger, a pilgrim in this world. Not to get comfortable in it. But Lord, to serve you with her life. God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name.